Good afternoon, world. How are you? And welcome. Uh, we've just done our Insta Live, and now we are continuing the conversation with our amazing guest from She's Got Skills. And um, I'm actually happy because this episode, the starting links didn't take us that long. So I think I'm getting there. I think, you know what? I'm kind of proud of myself, but I think it's because she's a good luck. So maybe that's why. How are you? Welcome. Oh, thank you. Um, I was going to say, maybe you're getting better at it. And I think it's a good sign, right? We're going in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I think, do you know what? I think if this is our fifth episode, official fifth episode. Yeah. So I think just in there, I'm getting there, just in there. But um, welcome. Thank you so much for spending the day with us. Honestly, we've hassled you enough and you're amazing. Oh, um, I was going to say thank you. We're really humbled um, to be part of what you guys are doing. We, we've, you know, tuned into a couple of podcasts and a few IG lives. So we're really um, grateful that we could be a part of your journey as well. Excellent. Um, can you please tell everybody who's listening who you are and just a little bit about you, just a brief about you? Sure. So my name's Bhavna. Some people call me B. Um, I am the co-founder of She's Got Skills. It's a women's football tournament. Um, we primarily work with um, teams that are from organizations. Um, so that's one part of what I do. And then the other part of what I do is in a completely different field. I'm also a co-founder of a subscription box dedicated to nails called uh, Me Box. So um, I've been running that for about four years now, going on five. Wow, time flies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those those are my two main things. And I do some work in entrepreneurship as well. But um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Wow, amazing. So as I was telling you earlier, I'm really excited about this episode because there were so many things that I've noted down that we're going to cover. Um, I wanted to start off kind of with the world of sports and you. How did you first get, like when you were younger, were you quite a sporty person or is that like a later on in life that you've discovered like sports? Interesting question. I would say it's been on and off for me. So um, I, in terms of my childhood, I grew up in uh, North London. Um, I grew up in Haringey, so I'm a massive Tottenham fan. Sorry for <laughs> the Arsenal fans out there. Um, but I also grew up with um, an older brother um, who, A, said, if I don't support Tottenham, he would disown me. <laughs> and B, um, obviously, him being my older brother, we would play sports together because, you know, we had our neighbours to play with. But, um, you know, we, we very much played together. So it was my, me, my brother and my dad would play, like, cricket, we'd play um, football um, and that's how like I got into to playing. And then, of course, you know, you do your usual things as you would at school. Um, and then I would say, you know, when I was a teenager, so when I moved into secondary school, um, I then actually started playing basketball. So I would play for my borough. And I'd play, you know, for my school. Um, but then I would say as I got into university, that sort of dropped off a bit for me. I then started focusing more, I guess, on my degree and other things academically. Um, and then in terms of fitness, uh, I got more into going to the gym and doing more things like weight training and boxing and cardio and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've had a bit of a, a sort of a, I get a break from it and then I come back to it. Um, and in terms of like football, um, you know, years ago, I, you know, I play for like charity and, and teams and stuff like that. But one of the reasons why we set up She's Got Skills is, you know, I, I was actually quite intimidated in terms of 
um, finding a team to play. So one of the reasons why I wanted to start it with Rob was actually I wanted to play um, myself too. So um, that's some, one of my goals that is to get back into it again because I think there's a lot of grassroots teams where, you know, where, where women can play. But I think if you're very new to it, it's quite hard to find. Um, yes. And I think with, you know, some of the teams that we've got with She's Got Skills, which I'm sure we'll go into, um, really? so there's quite a few women that have just never played before or they haven't played like myself for, for a while. Wow. And that, yeah, definitely we're going to go into a bit more to talk about it. And that's amazing. I wanted to quickly ask, uh, what did you study at university? I studied, um, so I've got a, an undergraduate in uh, communications and sociology, and then I've got okay. a postgraduate in media specializing in documentary filmmaking. So I would say with everything that I've done, yeah, we're quite fortunate in terms of the age that we're living in. It's social media, right? Yeah. Um, I love sharing stories. I love, um, you know, capturing special moments. So, you know, whether it's something I'm doing for She's Got Skills or Me Box, you know, um, whoever I'm working with, I'd always be like, right, let's get the camera out. Like, let's film this, let's film that. Because I think that really helps build, like, who we are. And it really, like, shapes, you know, companies or projects and what you're doing. Yeah. Nothing quite inspiring than like hearing from the players themselves in terms of you know how they felt after a game or why they got into playing or you know there's just yeah there's, it just you know motivates you and inspires you to do more wow that's amazing and then leading us on to she's got skills when was it founded so uh, she's got skills was we had our launch in September 2019. So it's a very very new baby company, I would say. Um, Rob and I were working together on a, a football project with a friend of ours. Um, she was doing some work with asylum seekers um, and teaching um, English, but she was doing it through football. Um, she knew that you know I had a passion for football. Um, and you know I knew that Rob was into coaching and training as well so the three of us were you know working on a project that project then came to its natural end and then Rob and I were really hungry like to work on more stuff um and at that point I'd sort of taken a back uh, a step back on a few things like you know the nine to five and I was focusing more on um me box um mm. But I really wanted to start something new and something that I was, you know, was thinking, where do I spend all my time? What do I do? And I quite often found myself spending my time going to football games or talking a lot about football. So right. I really wanted to turn some of my passion into um, something that I could do and, yeah. and talk about and, and, and actually physically create something on a regular basis. So um, Rob felt that same hunger as well, especially because he's a qualified um, uh, FA coach too. So wow. he works with um, Chelsea at the moment. Um, so we, yeah, we both had, you know, this hunger and this passion. And I think this is when the stars align and this is when, you know, everything is to do with, with timing. A light bulb moment came on for us um, during the Women's World Cup where we thought actually we could you know, actually create a a tournament um, with companies and, you know, just start organising them with with these companies. Um, It started off with a conversation that I had with a friend of mine that worked at Facebook, um, just based on, you know, what is the culture like when, when, you know, teams play? Like, is it men? Is it women? Is it, 
you know, who is it? And she replied, you know, actually it's mixed teams, but we don't have a women's only team. So that was a little bit of my research to say, oh, actually, there's probably a bit of an appetite for there because some of the girls may not want to join like a, a mixed team because they might be a bit intimidated if they're just starting out. Um, and that's how we started She's Got Skills. And then we just kind of researched it a bit. And then last summer, we just spent most of it kind of brainstorming things like the name, you know, the branding. Um, really fortunate to work with a really talented designer called Abby Wright. She's done some really great projects. Um, and, you know, it, it made us kind of think of so many different things like merchandise, um, as well as like the mentoring programs that I touched on on the IG Live as well. So we kind of developed this master plan over the summer, which we're constantly evolving and, and working on. And it really, truly inspires us. There's never a dull moment with She's Got Skills. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. And this is one of the things that I really, really like about the fact that we do the podcast straight after the Insta Live because these amazing things that you've covered while you were on there, like we couldn't save that on there. So, like, you know, we could have people who are there watching in that moment, but stories like yours, stories that are important and the projects that you're doing, which are incredibly important, that needs to be kind of something that we need to keep so that other people can listen, learn from it and the awareness continues if that makes sense so yeah, yeah what it's all about it's about I think inspiring one another because you know um yes we can inspire listeners but I think Rob and I have also taken inspiration from other people around us too you know mm -hmm. that, you know we've um kind of seen and, and been around and we you know there's so many great people in you know the football community that are doing such amazing work um yeah and I feel you know, they've been very welcoming and very warm and kind of, you know, um, just really wanting to help us and get to the next stage of, you know, our business and our, our project and our vision. So um, mm -hmm. shout out to all the, the football heads out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you dabbled in the game yourself? Have you had a chance to play some? Um, Recently, no. That I, but yeah, I, I, it's been on my list for 2020, which seems to be like a right of it. You've got a great a pair of football boots. I, I was in quarantine, I tried. <laughs> Sorry. You've got a great excuse, I said, with quarantine. You could say, I really wanted to. Uh, it's um, you know like it's timing you know it's almost yeah. like I, I wanted to start playing in the spring yeah um, and I had my eye on a, a couple of um you know leagues and teams that I could join and uh yeah it's it's to me it's like okay it's something that I can save for the future but you know I can definitely join in wow that's great um let's quickly talk about um like your general um understanding of not understanding but I think the way we look at women and sports I think there's a massive shift happening okay. that before it used to be kind of I was I'm really glad you spoke about um during the world cup with the, with the women's world cup in particular I think this that year in particular had a lot more awareness and a lot more positive vibe in the air in terms of people talking about it Absolutely. in the previous years it used to have less coverage than it did that year that I personally feel how did you feel do you think it had good coverage that year definitely I think there's a quite a few factors there I think yes um there's been a, a, a massive shift obviously great more work needs to be done and great more needs to be done in terms of it but I think um there's been a massive shift in the way that um society is viewing uh, women's sport and our role in sport what we do 
Um, and secondly, I think a moment that comes to my mind was I was on the bus on my way to the gym and, um, you know, there was a teenage boy on the bus that he was on his, uh, on the phone to his, his friend. Not that I eavesdrop, but I was kind of <laughs> eavesdropping, but yeah. um, we were really talking about, um, you know, I think, um, England match night before and, you know, it was the way he was talking about it. It was the exact same way that he was talking about, like, a man's game. And that's yeah. when it hit me that, wow, this is actually hit. Because yeah. it happened four years ago or even two years ago. Yeah. So I think in terms of people actively knowing, you know, our players' names and who they are and, you know, the scores and the results. And, you know, there's, yeah, there's definitely a huge shift. And I think, once again, I think technology plays a huge part in that because, before it's like okay there's only primetime tv whereas now we consume media and sports in so many different ways and channels and a lot of it is now done through um you know things like iplayer or netflix and so on or prime so i think that's helped as well amazing and i think you're right like the shift is not just in the game itself it's society's thinking and like great people who are taking the initiative to actually show like um with more women in sports like women not just who look a particular certain way but women from all over as well people like jane started like this campaign with star sisters a girl in a hijab in a football field surrounded by other girls playing football even some of them who don't feel comfortable wearing trousers they still some of them like you know wearing their dresses and stuff and I said you know what sure go for it and yeah. I think that's the beauty of the fact that football is a beautiful game that can be enjoyed by everyone and and I think the more of that happens the more the conversations get positive and more people like the young boy talk about it and it it just yeah I think I have hope I have really good hope in yeah, where I agree you know, they, could, they could be a lot more done in the media yeah. I completely agree with that in terms of you know um, diversity and you know what women women are paid and how much exposure we do get on the tv but you know you touched on a really good point and about you know women that are wearing hijabs and, the, and playing football I think in terms of different industries I've been in especially with like the grassroots community it feels like it's it has a, a touch more of that inclusive inclusivity and diversity in it if that makes sense I just feel yeah. um, other industries might be able to pick up a thing or two because it's not like we make a song and dance about it you know it's not like we're just this like you know trophy that needs to be on display we're not just ticking a box we're actually just doing it yes we're being each other like we're being who we are like we don't have to be that person that's like okay yeah we've invited you to sit around the table because you know you look different and you sound different um and that might be in a traditional setting but in this case it's like I think um, it's it's got more of an inclusive um, environment, but yeah, of course, there's more work that that needs to be done. Yeah, amazing. Um, I want to talk about some of your other hats that you wear, which makes you like someone incredible. Talk to me a little bit about Me Box. Me Box. Wow, how long do we have? Um, <laughs> um, Me Box. Uh, I've co-founded that with two of my best friends, um, Natalie and LJ. Mm -hmm. Um, They're based in America. So we run that business uh, across three different time zones. Um, So it's a subscription box dedicated to nails. Um, We have themed monthly boxes um, and we work with different nail companies around the world. So we have different themed boxes like a Rihanna box. We had... um, 
an Ibiza box. We had a Bollywood Nights box. Love it. All really fun (laughs) things that we're kind of into or we kind of like get inspiration from. So Mm. you can imagine something like Bollywood has so much colour and Mm. so much like, you know, creatively, like there's loads of things you could do with your nails. We want to, we were trying to inspire people to kind of get created creative sorry with their nails through um using the products that we put in the box so that wow was a creative was uh, another little happy accident um, <laughs> so uh natalie runs uh oh she used to run a hair salon with um her family and mm. uh, she was at a beauty trade show doing stuff with her hair salon yeah uh, but you know all three of us loved buying nail polish all the time um but Natalie in particular would always go for reds and corals so she literally posted on Facebook help me I'm buying too many reds and corals so naturally LJ and I stepped in and was like you know you should really be buying like other colors like we were trying to give her different examples and then you know one of us said you know we could actually start a subscription from your bathroom because you've got that many red nail polishes um, and then this light bulb moment happened and we realized that actually no one was, there wasn't a subscription box dedicated to nails at that point. So this was 2015 when mm. nail subscription, oh, sorry, subscription boxes, I should say, were on the rise. Mm. Um, and yeah, we felt there was an appetite for it. And within three, four months, we we started a business. So we um, did a Pinterest board with different themes that we would do. Um, we uh, had mood boards in terms of companies and colours that we would pick. Um, we looked at things like how we would send it in terms of the logistical side of things, what our branding would look like. Um, and then, yeah, we launched it in August 2015. Um, and, yeah, I guess the funny story with that or the learning of that is, you know, so many people expressed that they were interested in it. Yeah. Um, we were, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get hundreds of orders. It's going to be great, you know. And then uh, we, it turned out we literally had such a small number of orders. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, we need to learn from that mistake. And these are the things you learn in business. Um, yeah. So, you know, you get very excited by everyone saying, yeah, yeah, I'll place an order. Um, But then since then, it's grown from strength to strength. You know, we've had our highs, we've had our lows, but it's been an incredible journey. Um, we've worked with... Um, River Island and Misguided to do like pop-up nail bars in their shops um, and you know we've worked with other brands to do other online collaborations as well um, and yeah when lockdown's over we'll be um, you know coming out with a new themed box so watch this space. Amazing wow um, but, so you know when you said like when you, at the beginning and I think that happens with everything not just in business like even in sport teams as well yeah. when you so release something or when you announce something you get a swarm of people saying oh I want to do it I'm jumping on board this sounds great count me in and yeah. then on the day of the game or on the day of the launch you like don't have as many numbers as you expected how what did you in your experience and what advice would you give to people who go through that the morale to keep going and not be knocked down by like that kind of expectation that you had not meeting that you know the the numbers that you thought you could have um do you know what it yeah I think you have to think that you're not the only one that goes through that um Mm. you know and you have to make use of what you've got in front of you at that time so it might be yes we had several units sitting on the shelf we were like 
crap, how are we going to get rid of this? What are we going to do? But then we then flip the script in terms of, okay, we then put that towards our marketing budget or we resell it at events or we, you know, um, give it away to bloggers. So it's like a learning experience. And I think it's about turning it around to the glasses half full. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's the same with like teams and, you know, people that all promise to say that they're going to be there because we've had a little bit of that with She's Got Skills as well. Um, Because I think with She's Got Skills, you know, we work with corporates mainly, um, but you're dealing with people rather than products, you know. So it's not like, say, with, with Meebox, we work with beauty companies directly where they, you know, we, we get, like, samples or polishes from them and then they send it over to us. It might be there's a delay on the delivery or whatever it is. But I think with football teams or with, um, you know, people signing up to teams and so on, you know, you may get someone in the organisation that's left or you may get someone that's travelling or, you know, you may get someone that's not signed up on the budget. So... Those are the things that I think we have to learn and prepare for. And I think in, in business, um, and it's usually what, something I would say in, in mentoring as well. It's like, you know, it's great to dream big and yes, you'll get there. But just remember, it's you're in it for the long run. You're not in it for five minutes. So it's mm-hmm. always good to start off smaller, knowing that you're going to have a phased approach to get to your end goal. So if you're planning something for you know eight teams or 16 teams or 150 people actually it might be better to scale it back first and you're not failing you're just starting off to say this is where I am and this is what I'm doing but then you know the next stage of your your project or your business or your team is going to get bigger and bigger and it just has that snowball effect so I would say always start off a bit smaller even though you're really excited and you know you've got an amazing idea yeah, um, and then it will grow because it you're in it for that long road, and you've got to be quite strategic, is what I would say. Amazing, and um, when like so, this all links back to I think when you have an amazing idea, like you guys, your friend posted something on Facebook, and immediately that kind of started a conversation, and that conversation led to an amazing project that you you're doing, amazing business. And people say this, I don't know if you've heard of it before, surround yourself with the right people and like, you know, that kind of things all the time. But especially with some of our players are quite young, like in their teams, Mm. what does that mean? How would you explain, like surround yourself with the right people? Like, what does that actually mean? What if your friends are people who are not necessarily into starting things and all of that, but you don't want to feel left out, but that you want to start different things. So how would people surround themselves with the right people? It's, that's an interesting question because I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for that one. Yeah. I think, you know, we've all had people in our lives that sort of come and go in different mm-hmm. points and you're not always going to have people that will grow with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it you learn that as time goes on. Um, but what I would say is is reinforcing, you know, you really are the company that you keep. Um, and hopefully, you know, with, uh, the, the younger generation or the younger people that you're talking about I would hope they've got some form of role model or someone to kind of um, explain that message to them um, because I, I mean I've, I've been quite fortunate where I've had you know parents or have parents or old, an older sibling or older friends that kind of said that to me or called me out on it when I've been younger um, I think it's really important to hear the truth you know um, rather than surround yourselves with like somebody that just says yes all the time, whatever. It's I think it's really important to kind of speak your mind and 
you know someone or something's not right around you then it's important to say but um you know I think with with life it's you know about a, a journey you know people will come and go and um you know sometimes people are there for a season sometimes people are there for a reason sometimes <laughs> people are there for life so um and then you know I, I think for me I, I firmly believe in things like timing and and you know if something's meant to be and I think you know once everything aligns and it's meant to be then it will happen I feel like with me box we quite often have this conversation because my two business partners as I said they're in America but we met in the UK right they're from the UK originally as well so you know quite often we're like why and how did we not start this when we all lived in the same city um, because like, we pretty much lived in each other's pockets but you know what mentally we probably weren't ready to do it you know it just is timing for things um, yeah yeah that's very true that's very true timing is very very important and sometimes like the great people who've got great ideas like you you could be together like you said and the idea is not there at that time and later on it'll somehow come yeah. like um I met Jay when we were fundraising for a charity and she still works for that charity and at that time she was talking about star sisters but my head at that time I was teaching I was running youth leadership programs and I had a whole lot of things in my head so I wasn't um I didn't have the ability to kind of join in and do anything but then due to health stuff my kind of time kind of came down like the structure of what I was doing and then because of quarantine now we've got way more time in our hands and then um yeah so when I saw Jay doing the lives I was like hey do you want me to do your podcast for you she was like great so yeah sometimes timing is you need to be at the right time for that that moment to happen so like yeah it's we should sometimes we work towards ideas sometimes the right time just finds us that's very true absolutely and I think um you know obviously have that goal and have that ambition of what you want to do but mm-hmm. you know hindsight when I think about it sometimes the best ideas of, of have enforced ones with me box and with she's got skills you know it's not like we sat there with a bit of paper thinking right what are we going to do yeah and it actually happened and have grown organically and in a beautiful way um so but it's you know the, the main thing is you have that drive you have that ambition to to do something because quite often you know when I'm at like different uh, events to do with like women in business or entrepreneurship generally um, quite often a lot of people will say like I don't have an idea or I don't know what to do and I would say to those people like it will come first thing is you have to have that hunger for it mm, very true um, that kind of leads me on to um, the mentorship program because we're talking about role models and the importance of like having the aspirations and kind of sometimes you could have all of these thoughts and things that you want to do even if it means being not just in sports but being a change maker trying to do things but the ideas are there but you just don't know how to bring it out so well, tell me a bit about what I can I even speak English today tell me a little bit about your mentorship <laughs> yeah the mentorship program tell me a little bit about that yeah sure so um with she's got skills um what one of our like goals for it is to set up a a mentoring program so we're really um seeking for um partnerships with community organizations that work with young people Mm -hmm. um and ensuring we can match those young people with some of the great players that work oh it's not a work but play for she's got skills so 
um, just to take it back a step with She's Got Skills, you know, we engage with um, organisations and the organisations we've worked with so far include BT Sport, Deliveroo, Facebook, Universal Music, London School of Economics, Amazon and Mixcloud. And those, mm-hmm. I hope I haven't missed anyone else. But those, you know, in terms of organisations, there's some great women or they're all great, actually, in terms yeah. of know the roles that they do you know they're like head of legal or they run events or you know there's just amazing roles that they all do and they've got great personalities and you know that's where Rob and I were like hold on we've we've got you know something here and I don't know about you but when I was at school no one told me how to get a job at Universal Music so (laughs) what we really hope to do is um, you know try and curate a, a program or an event of some sort where we can match you know, some of these women up with, you know, some of the young girls, they can actually have these conversations about how they get into these industries, because it's tough, like no one really tells you how to do that. And yes, you can gain certain skills, whether that's, you know, learning how to do an interview or learning how to pitch, but in terms of, you know, how they might have gotten into that and being exposed to that environment is something that Rob and I are super keen and and, um, really want to drive forward to. That sounds incredible, and like I, I think it can, because it it can. You're right. When we were in school, we're all taught the traditional textbook way of future yeah. goals and aspirations, yeah. and occasionally we're told to, you know, um, explore different avenues and things. But it's not pushed. It's not encouraged. It's not our uh, the children's minds are not kind of things. And I've been a teacher in primary and secondary, and oh, wow. sometimes like I had to be that person during like you know when we're having like creative week and things like that push the boundary a bit and ask my students to kind of think outside the box and I think working alongside teachers would be something amazing for you guys to do as well because if they are aware of what's going on and the opportunities then that's something that they can present to the students as well that sounds that sounds incredible yeah, we're yeah we're quite we're keen and we're we're open. We, before lockdown, we were talking to a couple of organisations to to drive this forward. Yeah, um, I think you know Rob and I will have to just look at a timetable to do that, and obviously depending on government legislation and when things are you know back yeah back, you know we'll we have to revisit that because there's quite a few of our plans that we have on hold, and another one is we wanted to do a festival around Euros uh, this summer. Wow. Um, we wanted to get um you know younger teams involved so yeah. before, before lockdown we're actually drawing up different age groups yeah. we haven't find them yet but it was like okay do we want to get you know seven-year-olds involved like how do we get 11 to 12 year olds involved you know obviously because there's a big difference between the two of them yeah once again it's like getting uh some of the companies that we work with now in terms of you know some of the football teams um, and then grassroots organisations to, to play. Um, and then we'd basically have one big festival. We wanted to kind of have more of a street food kind of vibe and, you know, like more of a block party kind of vibe, you know, because Rob and I are quite, we're big foodies ourselves and we love <laughs> music. So we want to like put our own vibe and our own stamp on it, you know, so it kind of represents who we are accurately. So um, that's something that we've got in, in the pipeline in terms of, you know something we we really want to do when the weather's right as well hopefully we'll get yeah. a nice summer <laughs> hopefully wow that sounds amazing i really really hope it happens and um, yeah <laughs> wow Great plans. And, yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, anyway. anyway yeah. we're, all in this we're all in this together. Exactly. And it's happened full timing. 
Ah, but you know what? Quarantine has been a bit of a downer on a lot of things. Has there have you had any positive bits as well? Like has anything like um a bit positive have come out? How has it been for you? Like has anything positive come out for you? I think with lockdown, for me, I've been analysing it recently and I think there's been phases of it, right? I think the first couple of weeks people are like a bit lost where it's a bit like, Oh, what is this? When are we going to see people again? Like, what's going on? And, you know, then you have to, then you get a bit stressed out because then you're like, you're not seeing family or really close friends and whatnot. <laughs> and then you think to yourself, okay, all right, as long as they're safe and they're healthy, actually life's okay. And hey, if this happened in the 90s, we would have been utterly screwed because there's no technology, right? <laughs> so we're grateful that it's happening now and not like ages, you know, like 20 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm like, grateful that we've got like online technology that we can connect in the way that you and I are connecting right exactly now. we could have been putting down these in for you next Wednesday at this location but instead we're right there with the link that's amazing exactly and then you know I've been first focusing on things that I've I've wanted to do more of so I I, I want to read more so I I now read a little bit more like because I'm like oh yeah I used to read more but you kind of lose track of things so usually if I'm you know uh on the train in the morning or whatever I tend to do stuff like social media for my my company you know so I'll 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 kind of actively respond to messages and stuff like that because, of course, it's important to to get back to people. Yeah. Um, but you know that that time that I would have spent reading suddenly is is decreased. So I'm doing more more reading. Um. So I'm really big on like going to the gym and stuff like that. But I I always make an excuse up for cardio where I'm like, meh, <laughs> don't really like it. So I'll do it like later. So. The only cardio I was doing before lockdown was boxing. Right. Uh, whereas now, um, you know, I've taken up a little bit of running, which is not in my DNA because I hate running. Well, it kind of is in my DNA. <laughs> I still run every single morning and he's in his seven. Wow. Um, but, um, yeah, it's like kind of like, okay, if my dad can do it, then I can do it. So it's sort of like getting into doing that. And then, you know, doing um, – like an online class every single day so I tune in every day um on on good old Instagram um and do like a, a circuit and a, and a weights class I'm maintaining that and doing more cardio in that as well and then um I uh, do a yoga class every Sunday too because it's something that I've dipped my toe in the water with yoga but I wouldn't say I'm a yogi but I like the idea of doing yoga in terms of stretching your body um, so I'm following um, Aquaba Yoga. They have a, a YouTube uh, channel. So I'm doing that every single week. Um, so, yeah, I'm making um, room and more time for things in, in my life and, and also cooking. Like, oh. so now I've, 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 I'm doing pancakes from scratch. I've never <laughs> had time to do that before. It's the most simplest thing in the world. But... Yeah. You know, obviously on the weekend before, I'd be like, you know, running around meeting friends or doing stuff with She's Got Skills because our tournaments are on uh, usually on a Saturday. Um, or, you know, visiting family. Um, you know, just I'll be, I'll be spending time doing lots of other things where sort of learning how to cook something new was um, something that required a lot of effort before. Yeah. Whereas now I've set myself a little challenge of learning how to cook something new once a week. It has to be a different dish. Wow. So, up loads of different recipes now <laughs> what's been like the best thing that you made that you thought wow this is this is good um the one that I share the most yeah. is a uh, peanut curry 
Ooh. Um, I'm I'm uh, plant based, so everything I make is is vegan. So, uh, but it's a really simple dish to make. I'm a massive fan of peanut butter. So it's got loads of peanut butter in it. Um, but yeah, it's one that I, I share and you can throw in any vegetables you want in there. It's got a lovely tomato uh, Thai base and then you throw in coconut milk and a couple of spoons of peanut butter. And um, yeah, I'm starting to get hungry talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Uh, I have to try the recipe. That sounds really okay. good. Well, I don't know whether it's because like I'm fasting or I'm just like, I need to have this. That sounds incredible. Yeah, I'll definitely send it to you because um, yeah. Ramadan is coming to an end today. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We so should I- do like a little live cooking session together. Oh my God, that would be amazing. But then I don't know anything. So you'd have to like teach me everything. <laughs> oh, of course. I love like different spices and like. Yeah. wow so what classes would you recommend people like any that you could give a shout out to that you've thought this has really helped me and it could help someone else Uh, yeah i'm quite a huge fan of um body by kiara okay Uh, she's um been amazing because for me it's like replaced the gym easily so i i think when lockdown happened i was like what am i gonna do like I need to go to the gym. Like, that was, like, you know, my first thought was, like, yeah. how am I going to train? Like, you know, it was that kind of, like, I'm going to need to adjust my living room. Um, <laughs> and I've always followed her account um, for the last couple of years. Um, but I, you know, in terms of going to one of her classes, it's completely out of the way for me. And this is what I mean by lockdown. It's, like, suddenly I'm doing things that I've always wanted to do. So I've always wanted to do her class. Now tune into it every day at 12 to do her class and with that I uh, because I got so inspired by it I shared it with quite a few of my friends mm. so I recruited about seven or eight of my friends to do it <laughs> so now we all message each other like after the class to be like how did you find it oh my god this bit was tough and um, she does a lot with weights and resistance bands and, and uh, different cardio exercises so I'm really inspired by her and how she's kind of built up um, her following um in this period it's very very inspiring because she does like different talks on nutrition and meditation and that sort of thing um and i think i mentioned aquaba yoga as well so that's a new channel um that's every sunday on um youtube so those are the two that i religiously um will follow in terms of what i i tune into either every day or every sunday Wow, excellent. Thank you. I will definitely start to tune in myself right now. I've written down the name of both channels. So that's that's incredible. And that kind of leads me on to health and well-being in general. Uh, there's so much information out there and there's so many different like with fad diets and different things and it's it's too much. So if someone were to try to think about starting a healthier lifestyle, what would you recommend is like a step, like a, just say from your own personal journey, like a, a place to start? Um, once there's another question where I'm going to say to you, how long do we have? <laughs> when it comes to this subject matter, I can talk about it. So I'm really passionate about um, fitness and well-being and food as yeah. well just yeah. in terms of you know obviously I've gone into the peanut curry recipe but yeah. I'm also really a big fan of um just eating good food generally in terms of you know how much greens have you got on your plate you know what time are you eating breakfast like how much protein are you consuming 
particularly if you're working out, because it's really important that you're not, you know, eating the wrong foods. Yes, it's good that we can treat ourselves like to, you know, ice cream or, or whatever. But um, I think the key thing is if you're trying to wean yourself off stuff like that, you know, sugary foods or processed foods is, you know, make sure it's the same with exercise as well. Pick things that you enjoy eating that, you know, are on the healthier side, you know, or pick things that, you know, a healthy lifestyle doesn't mean you're eating salads. Same with a vegan diet. It doesn't mean you're just eating salads. I think, you know, there, there are loads of different combinations and recipes out there. And I think it's all about experimenting with what's right for you and your body, because you're right, there's so much information and people will tell you different things like, oh, intermittent fasting is good or, you know, um, keto diets and all these sorts of things. There's no right or wrong answer. But for me, I think that the, the thing is, is to have balance. So, um, you know, just make sure you're, you're picking something you enjoy and yeah. keep it is routine. So make sure you're eating at the same times most days. So obviously on a weekend or, you know, if you're out and about or obviously if you're fasting as well, that will play a lot into it mm. in terms of when you do eat. But, you know, once, you know, say eat is over, then it's almost like, right, what time are you having your breakfast? Somebody yeah. once told me to eat within the first hour of getting up because that, you know, your body's on empty and it needs fuel so I got used to doing that that might not work for everyone but it works for me and it's almost like I can't really function or do anything until I've had my oats in the morning yeah um, and it's the same thing like at night time as well it's like you know try to eat and then out like within I think they say have your food but then don't go to sleep for like two to three hours so like, yeah. digest but key thing is if you're exercising um, make sure you're eating like directly after your exercise and that you have enough fuel in your body. But I think routine, having things that you enjoy that aren't bad for you, obviously, but then allowing yourself a cheat day as well. So you yeah. can have that pizza. Great. Enjoy it on that one day and make sure it's an amazing pizza. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to cheat or ha indulge in something, make sure it's the best, you know? Yeah. Because um, crappy food just isn't worth it in terms of long run that's my that's my advice wow have you ever had like a late midnight like craving like and you just yeah, really want to take a snack and yeah. how like how do you how do you deal with that because that's like a thing that a lot of especially women when you're trying to sleep and you just wake up or something and you just really want like just a snack um so they would say as in professionals <laughs> drink water right, right? But, hey, we're human at the end of the day. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I do give in sometimes. Um, you know, because you, you just, you, you, it just happens. I'm not, you know, I would love to say, you drink water and everything will be okay. Sometimes it's not. I mean, I feel like sometimes if it's, say, our time of the month or something like that, and if you really want that chocolate, yeah. you just need to listen to your body and you just need to indulge. But I would say, don't make a habit of it it's fine to do it every so often but if you find yourself you're doing it every single day then that's a no-no but if you you find that actually it's just that one time and you can control it then that's fine yeah and I think it's a frame of mind as well it's kind of like it's one of those things where you have to kind of give yourself the will to the strength to like when you have that craving to kind of direct your mind to something else 
yeah I think it's discipline for sure yeah um, but that takes time yeah um, you know I'd say with with uh, my plant-based diet uh, which I would say I'm probably about 90% plant-based I'm not yeah. fully plant-based yet when I say 90% it's like I have honey still right <laughs> um, but I think that took time for me to do it wasn't like I woke up one day and said right I'm gonna suddenly be plant-based you know um I, I I sort of had to stop eating dairy slowly now for me um I think it was around 2013 possibly yeah I got really bad food poisoning from cheese and that's what made me think oh I don't want to indulge in that anymore um so I slowly started cutting back on dairy because I had such a bad reaction to it um but then I would still have ice cream and chocolate and so on um but it took me about um four years to kind of get myself off dairy completely right wow. and then I thought in you know 2017 I thought to myself or was it 2018 I'm losing losing track of my years no 2018 <laughs> sorry um for a year let me try being um plant-based I'll see how I get on for a year and if it, I, I miss it then fine I'll go back to eating dairy again um and I tried it out for a year and you know what I'm I I'm not missing it but I think it's taking baby steps I think if you're gonna try anything in terms of either whether it's you know a healthier lifestyle or vegan or gluten-free or whatever it is you kind of need to just I wouldn't say rip off the plaster and jump in the deep end personally because I think then you end up going back to your old habit yeah I think it's taking those steps into working towards that goal and then when you're ready to jump make the jump well that's very true that's oh wow yeah I like that like I just went whoa that's a really good I like that because you're doing it for the long run yeah when we were talking about like business and kind of when you're starting something and you know going back to your question about you know when I said to you oh you know we got so excited with me box we thought we'll get loads of orders and and that sort of thing and yeah. you know I would say like start off small I would say it's the same thing with like food and exercise yeah. like if you want to get into the gym or you want to get into running start off small don't think like you need to do 10k straight away because your body's going to be like whoa what's going on you know? yeah. like you just need to you know go at your own pace but be consistent with it is the yeah. key and then you'll that'll make you then get to the next level it's the same with business like you've just got to keep at it all the time um, and make sure you're not having weeks that go by where you haven't done something towards your pro- your project. Yes, and I think like education plays a big role in that as well. Educating ourselves on really what like what health actually means when it comes to food in that day. Because when we were in the pre-lockdown, like society of everybody just on the go, we were all just on the go, constantly on the go. And that means food was also on the go most of the time for a lot of people. Like I count myself in that category. Like I'm teaching all day. Then in the evening I'm running workshops and on the weekend I'm either going to an event or I'm going to a thing. So my entire week has no schedule of when I need to cook or when I need to do something. So it would be grabbing whatever's there or grabbing dinner somewhere or grabbing something there. So food was just for the sake of eating. There was no like enjoyment for, and just, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think with like, you know, say with, with things like that, once again, it is taking 
like baby steps towards it because as you said we've all got different lifestyles yeah and it's quite easy for someone say that is at home a lot to say oh you know you can cook more or whatever it is um but you have to take active steps towards it but you know just gradual ones so then it works towards your goal you know so I would say if you want to stop like eating out so much then it might be on a day where you know you're going to be in so for me that would be Sunday evening it's like batch cook so then you know that there'll be something in in the fridge that you can just grab and go like for lunch yeah I like that I think that's I've seen a lot of people on Instagram do that like they would on Sunday especially they would make a bulk of meals and they would just like literally in small containers just put that on the fridge so for the rest of the week they've just literally to go they've got their own to go and the person that I was following was talking about how not only was that good for her in terms of her health but financially as well because she save a lot of money from just not buying anything on the go yeah exactly I think for me when I first started sort of cooking um myself for lunches it was uh from a financial point of view in terms of okay I need to save a little bit of money I need to you know kind of stop eating out because you then calculate how much you eat out every day yeah um then got more into cooking and then got into kind of a healthier lifestyle because at that point I then started training a little bit more and then when you're training uh, your food goes hand in hand because then you, you're then more around as we were talking about with people earlier mm-hmm. um, kind of surrounding yourselves with, with people I then started meeting more people that are into like the fitness industry and things like that and you then get into those conversations about food and when to eat and then you know even with the rise of Instagram I think with fitness and food that's helped massively in terms of educating people um yes there's too much information sometimes but you can pick up some really good recipes on there right (laughs) yeah so many good recipes and then I tell myself I'm gonna try this I'm gonna try that I'm gonna try this then I would read the ingredients and I'm like what on earth does this mean yeah (laughs) do you even get this so then I I, I had that with my friend the other day (laughs) so we were gonna do like a a sort of a virtual cooking thing where we were just gonna like FaceTime each other I I found like a recipe I think it was like a Moroccan uh, tangine we were gonna like cook it together but we both I can't can't remember what the ingredient is now we both couldn't find we didn't know what one or two ingredients were we were like what is that and then I googled it and it it was a spice that I'd not seen but then the other day I actually found it I need to send this picture to my friend. Okay, so. like, hey, we can do it. Yeah, now. guess what I found? Let's do the tangy. <laughs> That's amazing. So we talked about a healthy body, and now I want us to um, briefly touch upon healthy mind. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and um, firstly, before I ask you some of the um, things that you're doing around mental health, what does mental health in general like mean to you? Because a lot of people talk about it. But what is it like from your perspective? What what what's the most important part that we need to focus on? Um, honestly, I think it's 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 you, as in not you, but as in when you're talking about mental health, mm-hmm. it's time to look at yourself. Right. It's time to feed your soul and your mind and your body. Mm-hmm. I know we we've touched on the body aspect of it, but um, you know, going back to when we were talking about some of those things, to me, you know, a healthy body is a healthy mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a strong advocate of, 
of both of those things because I think when you don't have one or, or the other, you, you end up slipping. You can't, you know, they go together. So in terms of like that physical activity, um, for me, when I engage in that, that's me kind of stepping away from the screen, stepping away from emails, stepping away from Instagram and having time to yourself. And I think that's the key when it comes to mental health is to look at yourself and, and look at, you know, how you, you know, having that break away from, from work is so crucial and important. And I think so with the, the, the era that we're living in now in terms of lockdown, it's quite easy to merge things into one yeah. where you're not stepping away from your computer because you think you've constantly got to work mm. um, or you think that someone's doing more work than you. But actually, the key thing there is not worrying about what everyone else is doing. It's you. It's all about you. It's all about your mind and your body and your soul and what you're feeding those things, you know, whether that is, you know, that hour walk or half an hour walk. That is great. That is your form of exercise, whether that is feeding your body with the right nutrients, because that's going to help everything glow in terms of your your mind, your skin, your hair, your nails, you know? Um, and then I think it's having that quiet time to yourself. So um, with my co-founders with Mebox, um, we started meditating together. So um, Natalie started a, a meditation group and um, we started the um, Oprah and Deepak Chopra uh, meditation sessions. Wow. Um, and then every day we check in with each other that we've done it, you know? Um, and there's like homework that you do in that like so you know it might be listing something that you've always wanted to do or achieve or listing like a, a good quality about somebody that's around you and then you sharing that good quality with someone I'm making that up actually because I can't remember the homework so obviously I'm not a star, an A-star student in that. but you it know, sounded good I was like right that's yeah making up <laughs> yeah you get those sorts of tasks yeah. and it's free and it's all online right wow so um, we would check in with each other every day in, in you know, our WhatsApp group, and it's for 21 days. And um, because they say it takes 21 days to form a habit. Mm. Um, that's something that we're, we're, you know, advocates of, um, that we're, you know, learning how to do it because we're all new to it. And But we've found the benefits of it in terms of quietening your mind in, in the morning. But that's time for yourself. Now, it might be meditations, not everyone's cups of tea, but I think having something to yourself whether that is reading exercising or whatever is so crucial during this time very wow thank you so much and then um so the theme for this year's mental health awareness week is kindness and um i wanted to ask you a bit more about that and as well as um act of kindness as one of your is that was part of me box Oh, yeah. So you must have read our newsletter. So um, <laughs> basically, um, we're doing like a little promo this weekend yeah. where you buy um, one box and you get the other one for free. Mm. And um, with that, we're, we're basically saying to people, you know, give that free box to your best friend or, you know, somebody in your life that needs a bit of cheering up. Um, so, yeah, that we've been encouraging sort of um, mental health um, awareness week through that and we've been sort of sharing a few tips along the way as well yeah. um, in terms 
of you know just having that time to yourself like we've got a tip in our newsletter that's like right dance like Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because if that's what makes you happy then go for it you know play your favorite music loud and, <laughs> and sing because if that's what makes you happy go for it or like you know um, reach out and talk to people in this time I'm for me I'm a complete extrovert so lockdown is quite difficult when you don't have people around you yeah. um, but you know I always try and reach out to people because you know that people want to hear from you we're all in the same boat so um, yeah it's almost like have time to yourself but then also reach out and check in on others you know yes that's very true um we're coming up to the hour now wow I've kept you for so long it's almost like you know when somebody's got so many amazing things to say and you're just like oh carry on with this a little bit of that a little bit of this and you just look at the time wow (laughs) um so um like I wanted to kind of now, um, as I told you earlier, like what I always like to do, because it's not just the fact that it's Mental Health Awareness Week, but in terms of the positivity of what we do with people who teach us amazing skills and stories that like when we learn from doing the podcast, we always kind of summarize the conversation with um, proudest moments. And and I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of time to um, kind of reflect. And I'm really glad that we spoke everything from like, you know, from your childhood and then university and then the businesses that you started, amazing people you're part of, as well as the way that you've spent quarantine and the lockdown, because it's been hard on a lot of people, but some people have made the most of it. You know, yeah. and whether it's discovering your own, you know, health and well-being, discovering new cooking, or whatever, like something that I've come out of it. So I think, um, yeah, there's a lot to reflect on. So the first thing I suppose, kind of, I would say is uh, a proud moment during lockdown. Let me start with there, like something that you've either done that you're proud of, or something that you've seen that you're proud of. Um proud moment in lockdown was probably running 5k <laughs> Wow! Um, because uh, I used to be able to run and then I sort of took a break from it and then when I, when I did it it killed me um, so I now run once a week to keep that going so, so I don't lose that fitness level and it might not be a lot for runners but it, it's a lot for me and you've all got to start somewhere right that so is that that is definitely that proud, yeah. my proudest moment. Yeah, no, it's amazing. That's wow. Um, but when did you do that? Um, so I don't know if you guys have heard the you know, um, last month yeah. there was like an NHS fundraiser, yeah. which was nominate five, run five, yeah, and five, yeah. So, um, my friend Amanda had re- like, um, recommended me or posted that you know I did it put my name forward yeah oh man like I was like hoping nobody would like put my name forward for it but obviously when someone tags you in a post you've got to do it um so yeah I I did it and then obviously since the nominate five but because I struggled while I was running I thought I I can't do this I've got to make sure that I can run yeah Um, because I can do other things in fitness but it's a different type of fitness right so um, now I make time every Sunday uh, to run and if the weather's bad which I think happened one Sunday mm. I'll always look ahead to make sure the weather's okay 
um, I'll just move that day. But tomorrow is my running day. So lucky me, I get to run. Uh, please make sure you tag us in the Instagram post of you running so we can like cheer you on. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's incredible. And what was your preparation like towards it? Do you know what? I didn't prepare too much because I thought I could do it. <laughs> because I, like I said before, I was able to run 5K quite easily. Yeah. So when I had that in mind, of, oh, yeah, I used to do this because I used to do it twice a week at the gym. Um, but I hadn't done that for a while. Um, so that's what shocked me, the fact that I couldn't do it. Um, and I think because we haven't been walking like we normally do. So if I'm, say, in and out of London, I can easily do 10,000 steps a day. But now I, I'm barely getting to that. So I think... Um, I hadn't really prepared. That was my problem. So I think I should have prepared a little bit more <laughs> is the advice I would give to someone if they are going to start running. Wow. Um, so the second one, um, I wanted to ask uh, your proudest moment academically. Could be way, way younger or university later in life, any point. Um, my proudest moment academically, uh, it's probably one of my proudest moments ever as well is um when with my masters i created a, a documentary i'm a huge hip-hop fan um and i created a documentary uh, around hip-hop and the usage of the n-word in in hip-hop mm. and um i uh, did that for my master's thesis um so doing that at that time when the technology was quite limited um was my proudest moment um yeah and i would say with that i I for about six months after I finished my master's I kind of let it sit and I wasn't doing anything with it and then suddenly I just got this urge I think in January to kind of really push it out and do stuff with it so um, I, I took it to America which is where I filmed the majority of it um, I uh, entered it into film festivals and I won two awards um, and then I would al also organize film screenings with discussions about the usage of the n-word um afterwards you know and I did that in London and New York and you know I had some incredible people that would come down so you know how I shared the story about me box in yeah. terms of like you know the numbers that we thought we were going to get yeah I had opposite problem with um, my first film screening in London so um really showcasing my age now uh, I basically promoted my screening um, on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I at the time, social media was very, very new. Yeah, okay? yeah. It was this great thing where you could talk to people directly and all sorts. Yeah. Um, so I promoted it at Goldsmiths, which is where I graduated from. Um, they kindly let me have, like, their biggest theatre room. Um, I got an academic from there involved. I got a few UK rappers. I got a good friend of mine um, who I actually met through the screen called Matilda to moderate and, and be part of the discussion. Um, and, um, yeah, I actually had about 200 people that showed up. Wow. And I was like, how am I going to handle all these people? Oh, my God. <laughs> Like, you know, because it, it, I mean, I was quite young, so it was really, it was daunting yeah. to have all these people in front of me, and then I had to present my work, and then when you're presenting your work, you get this fear of, like, what if nobody likes my documentary, and, you know, <laughs> you, you, there's all these mixed emotions when you're putting yourself out there, so I always think of that if someone's an artist or a comedian or whatever, and they, you know, they have to really showcase their work, yeah. um, 
so yeah and then i did film screenings in in new york i i, I won a, a an award a hip-hop ceremony there and then i won an award here which was at the portobello film festival um and i also had a film screening at soas university funny story with that one <laughs> is um you know riz ahmed yeah yeah he was supposed to kind of like come down and 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 be my kind of opening act if that makes sense right I would get like a DJ or a, or an up and coming rapper to kind of like open up my 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 big documentary. Yeah. Now look where it is. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, it's like I, I basically met Riz through MySpace. Oh my god! Wow. Do you know what? I love these questions towards the end summary because like you are already amazing and everything else you're doing in your business. But when we go back to moments of different moments of your life you get to like I hope you even feel it yourself you're like wow I did that at that age and now at this age I'm capable of with all that experience do so much more and that's that's incredible do you know what I would say I would say you know being older and, and that bit more wiser is yeah. you don't appreciate it at the time and I think it's really important to try and appreciate those moments because I think when you you come out of something you know, you, you think, yeah, yeah, I did good. But then sometimes you're, you're quick to look at, like, what could have been better? Like, mm. in terms of, like, oh, I could have, like, said this. Or maybe I was umming and ahhing too much when I was talking. Or, you know, you, you, you're you very critical of yourself. Yeah. And I would say for anyone that's sort of starting out, just enjoy that moment because it will shape your experiences. So whatever I did in terms of my filmmaking and my journalism days, I can confidently use that in terms of what I'm doing with She's Got Skills and Me Box. Um, all about telling stories, as I mentioned, you know, when we first started talking, and content. And it's like throughout anything I've done, that's always been present. And I've been able to apply it quite strongly because of the experiences. Yeah. Wow. And sports. What would you say is your proudest moments in sports, whether it's something that you played or something that you watched or something that you saw? Um, so I'm going to say, uh, probably two things. Mm. Um, so the first proudest moment is of course, co-founding She's Got Skills. <laughs> um, if you said to me like this time last year, I'd be doing this mm -hmm. and I would have had, you know, worked with all these companies with Rob, I would have like been like, what are you talking about? You know? So I think the fact that, you know, Rob and I have, have worked with some great companies like Copper 90 and, and you know universal music and and all sorts and what's been great is when you walk into their offices so say with universal music they won the first tournament they have you know the trophy we gave them in their reception area yeah, wow and it's like so humbling to see like wow like rob and i did that you know like you know we're, we're in the reception of <laughs> universal music you know um so it's it's that's been a pretty epic proud moment yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess in terms of um, being a fan, as I mentioned in the, in, you know, in the intro, like I'm a big Spurs fan. Of course, everyone's going to moan about us not getting a trophy. <laughs> we'll get there one day. But um, I would say uh, my friend and I uh, made, went to Madrid to the Champions League final. Mm. And once again, it's all timing. This is what I thought we were actually going to win. So, of course, we had the epic semi final against Ajax, which was one of the happiest moments ever as a Spurs fan yeah um and then in terms of like lining up and how to get there 
um, I, I don't often do this, but I placed a cheeky bet on Tottenham winning, right, <laughs> at half time. Um, yeah, I just, I just did it. I did it. I put ten pounds on Tottenham to win, and of course they were losing two 0 down. <laughs> so I ended up winning two hundred and twenty quid because obviously Tottenham won that semi final. Um, so I was just jumping around for joy anyway because we won, and then I realised, oh crap, I won like all this money too. Um, and uh, yeah, and then um, my friend who's a season ticket holder, my friend George, uh, he was like, if you want a ticket to the final, like you can come with me, like, let's do this. I was like, okay. And I was just <laughs> so happy. And I was just up like trying to see if I can get tickets to Madrid. Now, of course, the night before, Liverpool had gotten through, right? So all the flights in terms of from the UK to Madrid had gone up in price massively. They're all over a thousand pounds. And um, they, in terms of hotels, it was like nowhere close to anything that you could get on Airbnb or hotels.com or whatever. Anyway, it was really fortunate that I've got a friend of mine that lives in the um, Canary Islands. So I messaged her and I said, you know, where can I um, stay in Spain? Like, you know, what is there like a cheeky airport that I could get to? You know how we have city airport and not many people know about it in terms of international port maybe there's something like that in madrid she said no there really isn't um and then she said you know why don't you come and visit me um and then fly from here to um to madrid so i looked at what that price would look like because i wanted to go and see her anyway i'm like well i'm close enough i have to go and see her and she's a childhood friend of mine so i looked at that and it was the exact amount that i won from betting on that game so round trip was like 220 quid um and then I got to stay in Las Palmas for like an an extra week after the tournament so I could obviously uh sulk yeah (laughs) um I don't know well I thought we were going to celebrate I'm still cut up over it as you can tell um and but yeah the, the point is even despite the result I'm just so happy that you know we were able to to make it out there but it was all timing because, you know, uh, I didn't have to pay loads for it. And then on top of it, in terms of accommodation, you know, this childhood friend of mine that lives in Las Palmas, like she introduced me to um, her husband's cousin who was renting out her room anyway. So I ended up getting like a really good deal on that. So I didn't end up breaking the bank too much. Mm. Um, or I didn't have to drive a caravan from here to Madrid to get to the final. But, you know, say that I've been to a Champions League final was pretty special. Um, and just the way that I got there, I just thought the stars, stars were really aligning for us to win. <laughs> That's damn amazing. It, that damn penalty, I'll never get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I like the fact that, you know, when it comes to sports, sometimes the winning is amazing and it's nice. Yeah. But the love you have and the de- devotions that people have for their teams win or lose I think that's that's really special and I like the fact that even though you said they were kind of like losing in terms of like the scores you still betted on your team because that's your team yeah do you know what I mean yeah. and that yeah I'll, I'll never ever ever give up hope like yeah the amount of memes the amount of things that I get from I should say Rob's an Arsenal fan so <laughs> That's literally probably how our bond started in terms of our football yeah. friendship. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're in like a little WhatsApp group with our friend Farouk where we're constantly like sending each other like memes and gifts about Arsenal and Tottenham. And, you know, there's always the no trophy talk. But you know what? 
I don't care. <laughs> you know, they're my local team. I love them. I'll always love them. And uh, we'll win. We'll yeah. Win. Yeah. I, oh my God. I understand. Like, I keep getting abuse from all corners from my friends because I will always be a United fan. And uh, like, and so this is just that like, you know they they try, but I'd say, listen, guys, just leave it, okay? We have hope. Yeah. Hope I think the thing is with United, it's like um, because you guys were on top for so long, yeah, and you had, like the best manager ever. Oh, um, you had Ferguson, and it's pretty big shoes to fill, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's almost like people want to see you fail because well Liverpool fans more than anyone else it's just it's just more like people want to see you fail because you achieved so much yeah yeah Um, you know every team has its thing right like you know I think say I'm going to say this is a Tottenham fan Arsenal fans to me they're just loud it's like calm down you've got nothing to be loud about oh my god yeah, and I feel like United. There's this air of like, well, we're owed this because we achieved so much. Mm. Oh my God! I think that's kind of like with life as well. Like, not like it can relate to life as well. When somebody has done a lot, everyone you've got like a corner of people who are cheering for you to keep going, keep climbing, and then you've got a corner of other people who want to see you come down. So yeah. whether it's on the field or in on the street in life, like that's, a, a, you know, it, it happens. And I think in a way that's one of the reasons why, like my connection and devotion to like, you know, my team will always be like that because it parallels with my own life journey. Because when I was yeah. younger, I was that person that just pushed and pushed and pushed. When my family came here in 98, being in a new country, learning a new country, learning a new language, everything was so strange. But I took it like a sponge, like everything was an opportunity. And I was like, right, this is great. Now what do I do? Now what do I do? And all the children were like, could you just play for a second? And I was like, but what if the people tell me to go back? I don't want to go back to the war. I want to be better. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be this. I want to be that. So I studied so hard and pushed myself so hard that I achieved a lot, which was incredible. But because I never had time to address like a lot of things that were going on with me later on when I started to come down because of things that I didn't deal with, that's when I realized who were the corners of the people who were like, we're still cheering for you. And people who were like, oh my gosh, so you were so amazing and now you're not that amazing anymore. So yeah, yeah it, it happens. So that's, it's, it's a parallels of life. Let me um ask you a question. Yeah. Um what what got you to support Man United? I think it was um I wanted to feel like I belonged when I first got here because when you're a child that goes into a new country, you always yeah. don't feel like you belong. So I think whether in primary school and even like in like I think I went to primary school for a little bit short time because and then it just didn't really I didn't really feel fit in. Like I didn't make sense. But one thing that I noticed was a lot of the boys especially and some of the girls as well always had football trading cards and most of the like players that everybody wanted to have were United players like everybody were trading like if you had those players they were just like wow then that's and I was like well who is this and then the more I wanted to have those cards myself and I started collecting some of the cards myself and started learning more about the team and then I started watching the team so I could see my players play and then eventually they kind of became part of 
my story, if that makes sense, and my connection to um, feeling like I belonged, not just in school, but in everybody, because the whole conversations of, because sports, especially football, is a very integral part of British culture. And the more yeah. I spoke about, you know, the football with the other kids and things, then it was a great Harry Potter and Man United. That was my you know, <laughs> introduction to being British. Yeah, I love that. I love that. My my parents and my dad came here in the seventies, um, yeah, sixties, seventies. Mm-hmm. So um, I can uh, relate to a little bit of what you're saying. I obviously didn't go through that personally because I was born here, but. Um, just hearing some of my dad's stories about coming to this country at that period and that time um, and just working that much more harder. Mm. He knew like, okay, this is his chance to to thrive here and, and be here and work here where, you know, he was working like three jobs, you know, to kind of pay for his university and stuff like that, you know. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's re- reminiscent. And my, my dad's like a big... Uh, he's into stuff from Liverpool so he loves the Beatles and therefore he naturally has a soft spot for Liverpool as a football team so um, yeah I can understand what you're saying yeah oh my god but um sorry I got a bit personal there this is about you that's fine it's always good to engage in conversation (laughs) yeah um what would you say is your proudest moment in business um proudest moment in business um is probably when um when me box we had a pop-up nail bar in uh river island yay um so we yeah that was a pretty huge moment for us um the fact that we you know as a as a startup collaborated with a major high street retailer and it wasn't as if we had a pop-up nail bar in a local area or a local town. We were in the middle of Oxford Street in their flagship store. Um, and the fact that, you know, they gave us that platform and that chance to do it, and that was maybe year two of our business, um, was pretty exciting and pretty amazing. Um, so I would say that was probably um, my proudest moment in business. You know, the fact that, you know, you took a step back and it's like, wow, like we created that, like that's our brand in the middle of River Island. Mm. So, um, yeah, here's to many more of those. Here's to many. Yeah, definitely. And next one. And with the definition of the word feminism getting complicated by so many yeah. different people's like, you know, um, like, you know, approach to it. What would you say has been your proudest moment as a woman, whether it's, again, something you've read, something you saw, or your own personal journey? Um, oh, that's, that's, I'm going to have to think about that one. <laughs> um, but you've know, got a load I, of the, think, yourself because you've done so much. I think it's probably linked to She's Got Skills. Yeah. Actually. So um, when we have, a tournament we have a winners after party directly mm. after the so our first one was at Shoreditch House um and you know I, I gave a little talk about what she's got skills is about and thanking the players and you know I took that moment to really step back to look at what Rob and I created and I was like wow we've got all these women together in one room like uh, you know, it was just amazing to see. And, you know, how I was talking about, like, you know, in terms of, um, you know, being from a, a BAME background, I really hate that word. Yeah. 
Um, but being from that background, a, a different background to, you know, an English background or a mainstream background, whatever yeah. you want to Yeah. Um, you know, and the fact is we got so many different types of women in the room, whether that you're talking culturally or you're talking professionally, um, different levels of women. Because often when you're in um, work settings or if you're in a training setting or whatever it is, you tend to only have like you know your level of staff you know so if you're a project manager or if you're a junior assistant mm. then you're likely to really only mingle with you know your level yes opposed to a director or anything like that yeah. but I think what we created with She's Got Skills is we had lots of different types of women from different levels within the organization all playing football together from different cultural backgrounds so taking a step back in that moment to say wow we created this and we've got 100 women in this room and they're all from great companies and people want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of our, our community. Um, which, yeah, probably the proudest moment. That is definitely something to be proud of. That's incredible. And um, the last two, first one, um, the world is a bit gloomy at the moment with a lot going on. But there are remarkable moments that actually give us a bit of, you know, bit of happy moments in humanity so what has been something that made you feel like as a human this is we're all right it's not that bloom um so as I mentioned I'm a massive hip-hop fan yeah um and you know I grew up on it I love it yeah um what's been getting me through lockdown as well as like the exercising and the eating mm. um has been music music yes. played a massive part of lockdown in my life yeah um, so a lot of US hip hop artists um, have been doing like a versus series. So it started with Swiss Beats and Timberland where they were in their cars and they were playing the tracks that they had produced and it was all the stuff that I listened to, you know, and absolutely loved. Um, and then you then had um, DJ Premier and, and RZA from Wu-Tang Clan, two of my absolute favourites, like doing the same thing. They're in their homes and they're talking about their musical journeys and the music that they created. And you're just like, wow, like this is volumes of stuff. And they only did it for an hour, but there's so much they could have played. Yeah. And every week there's like a different artist that does it. And it's all from the era that, you know, my friends and I grew up on. And it's great to see, like, in the like, IG Live, like, you know, you have, I don't know, a good, like, 50,000 or 100,000 people in there, maybe more. Um, but then you'll see, like, your friends pop up on the chat, you know, whether they're in London or New York or whatever. And then you're there then talking to them. Like, it, it yeah, it's been really cool to see, like, just like, okay, we can't go to gigs. But actually, the gigs we were going to didn't have those two incredible artists DJing side by side. So um, that's been good. Um, The downside of that is um, in the hip hop community, we we lost a great rapper uh, called Ty. Mm -hmm. Um, He sadly passed away from coronavirus. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was saying, oh, no. Yeah, it's, it was a, it was a you know really sad moment in in hip hop and music and just London culture and our generation. You know, yeah. we really loved his music and he was a massive part of our community. So coming out of lockdown, it's just not going to be the same again. So taking a moment to really recognise that, but then also you know um, there's a, a collective that do like hip hop and and dancehall and, and soca music called Just Vibes. They did a, a dedication to him last week. 
on Zoom. And it was great to hear Shorty Blitz, a really well-known DJ in London, like play a lot of his tracks um, and having a moment to really recognise him. Mm. Um, yes, it's been highs and lows in terms of music and lockdown, but um, I'd say music's been a great, 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 Thing. It has, and is there's all those like the Insta lives and even some of the Facebook lives and a lot of things bringing your favorite artists into your home brought a lot of comfort for people. So I agree that's actually been it was a really good you know human moment that was nice. Um, what's your go to song before that? Because we just talked about music like that just always brings you joy. What's my go-to? Sorry, repeat the question. So, what's your go-to, like, hip-hop, um, whether it's hip-hop or any other, like, the song that just brings you joy? Oh, man. Okay, off the top of my head, mm-hmm. it's going to have to be um, Nas and Damien Marley, uh, Count Your Blessings. Oh. It's a beautiful song. Uh, it's an album that came out exactly 10 years ago, Distant Relatives, one of my favourite albums as well. Um, so it's not from that old-school hip-hop era per se, um, but obviously features an old school hip hop artist such as Nas. Um, but Nas and Damien are a, a, a great, great, great combination. I really want them to come up with another album. <laughs> Count Your Blessings is probably one of my favourite songs. Amazing. Um, a beautiful song to, to uplift your soul. Wow. One of the many things that I'm writing down as a result yeah. of what you're teaching me in this um, conversation. And finally... We've spoke about um, your story, your achievements, and each thing that you spoke about, it was never an I, I, I. It was a my friend and I, or this team and I, or this person and I. You're surrounded by amazing people. So just in closing, what message would you say to your network of epic people that you're part of in the amazing projects that you do? Man, I love you all. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, it's just taking that time and I think about this a lot I'm yes. so grateful and so um blessed to have um the business partners that I do have mm-hmm. in my life um they're all incredible in their own ways and we complement each other um what I would say is we we don't none of us have have egos we're all in that as, as a similar or same friendship circle as well and we've all got really similar energies and similar similar vibes and it's just nothing but but love um and yeah i just think that you know i look up to them as well and i learn a lot from them um so much every day um but you know it's not just about your um business partners i think it's also your, your wider circle and your wider community you know so as soon as i said to a few of my friends that like, i'm doing this ig live with you guys you know straight away they tuned in you know it's like it's having you know the right people that will will, will do that you're not saying like, like everyone has to drop everything they're doing, yeah no the support, the right support yeah yeah of, you know it, it's hard to put yourself out there and it's hard to get yourself started but mm. what helps is having the right people um along the way so you know um, we're really grateful that we're part of um uh, a creative workspace in south london called um nexus mm. and you know, they've been really supportive in terms of getting funding and, you know, getting through lockdown with, with your business and things like that. And I think having things like that is also really crucial mm. um, because if you don't have that support in your business, um, you know, you need that. You need, you know, other things to get you by. And I'm, and I'm quite fortunate, actually, that 
all of my business partners have also had other experiences in other businesses where they've learned from what they've done and they've able to kind of bring that to the table and what we're doing in, you know, whether it's tech or something in travel or the beauty industry. So, um, yeah, I'm just really lucky that I'm around really positive people, energy, really talented and beautiful souls as well. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and I'm sure they would say the same about you as well. Because, like, yeah, the, sometimes I think someone once said to me, the energy you put out is the energy that you get back. And, yeah. like, all those people are supportive of what you do because you're somebody who's got such a positive energy and somebody who's got aspirations, but the aspirations are to make things better, if that makes sense. To, um, like, with your documentary that you did as well, like, it's it's incredible like a lot of people don't go deeper into certain things like that but you did that and you were so young as well and now with each thing that you're part of as well and it, there's a story behind it there's a purpose behind it and that's something admirable and amazing and for us as a new team that's starting out from the sports side of what we do and I'm like on the campaign and leadership and education side and that's something that's always been my passion and for us to be inspired inspired by people like you it's a great we're, we're in a really great place to be surrounded by amazing people who've done it and we're just paving you know we're following the steps so wow this has been a really incredible conversation thank you no thank you I was gonna say I think you know in terms of like the the generational thing you know we also look at what you guys are doing mm -hmm. you know we also look at you know what what the new generation is doing what they're saying in their voices and you know, it, I think it's a two-way street in terms of inspiring one another. And it's the same with people that are like 10, 15, 20 years older than me because I, I then look at their achievements and then respect that. And I think, you know, if you know what you want at, you know, that young age and you're going for it, like, that's absolutely amazing. Like, I, I, I pay so much respect to that um as well so well done for you guys like you're, you're doing great work and keep it up thank you so much and any last um words would you say to people who are doing eat tomorrow or just anyone who else is stuck in quarantine final positive words you'd like to say to everyone uh firstly eat, eat mubarak um, i'm sure that was probably quite a challenging time in terms of ramadan and, and lockdown and having access to food um during this time so yes <laughs> amazing the fridge things incredible um so please do enjoy your your eid celebrations um over the weekend and and beyond as well um and in terms of lockdown hey there is a light at the end of the tunnel we know it's coming you know i feel like we've gotten through the hardest bit now um you know i know it's still not easy and there's still quite a lot we've we've still got to go like you know how are we going to do events and how are we going to you know meet up again and, and how are we going to be on the train again if you are based in London you know but there's a light at the end of the tunnel we'll get there and then hopefully we can look back at this period and say okay we've achieved x y and z um we stayed healthy our loved ones touch wood hopefully stayed healthy as well um and yeah we'll we'll get through it and we'll be bigger and stronger and better amazing that's perfect perfect way to end an amazing conversation thank you so so much thank you yeah conversation really? uh, i'm looking forward to your next one as well yeah amazing so um say bye bye to everybody
Bye, and thank you so much for listening. And if you uh, want to follow our adventures, um, we are She's Got Skills UK yeah. on Instagram. And if you're into nails and beauty, then um, our other handle is Meebox UK. That's M for Mother, E E, and then Box UK. Uh, for all things nail and, and some cool stuff excellent and i will put when i release the episode on our insta um when i put it on our instagram and i will put the links to all the pages underneath so people can go to all of them as well great i've got one last question for yeah you. if football season res- resumes who's going to make top four? Oh. Oh, you're asking the podcast host this. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So can I dream and say I want Man United in there somewhere, even though everyone who's listening this is going to say, no, Ifra, <laughs> no, they will not. But yeah, um, this is my dream. Man United will be in there. Okay, just dream. And Liverpool will be in there. Think, yeah. You know what? I'll dream and say Tottenham will be in there too. Let me dream. It's my dream. It's Ramadan. I can hope. (laughs) And I can't think of the final one. What would you say? Help me. Okay. Realistically, I think it's going to be obviously Liverpool beyond. Yeah, exactly. Man Man City. um, Now, will Leicester maintain? Leicester and Chelsea? mm, I don't know. If, If I could dream as well, then I would say like probably Liverpool City uh you guys and us yeah um, but I think realistically I think Chelsea are gonna make it and it's either gonna be me or you exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I like the dreaming side let's keep dreaming <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. realistically they're gonna take us <laughs> yeah but um i hope you know what our conversations are not over because there's so much things that people can learn from you and i hope one day we get to invite you back for another episode to talk more about business to talk more about uh, mentoring i wanted to touch on asylum seekers we didn't get to go into that as well there's so much that we can talk about but um yeah that's like you're amazing so thank you once again so so much Thank you. And obviously when She's Got Skills has an event and we're back up and running, we'd love for you guys to to come down and and celebrate with us. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the episode will be coming up soon. Everybody stay tuned and have a great, great evening.